What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy football This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy, your fantasy football team? What's going on, everybody? My name is Josh and you are listening to What's Your Fantasy Football Podcast. I appreciate you guys listening in. It's the new year. Happy new year, guys. I appreciate you guys uh, listening into this podcast. It's Wednesday, uh, January 2nd of 2019. I uh, hope you guys are bringing in the new year um, with some, some good goals and uh, resolutions and, and good good vibes, good attitudes and everything. Um, uh, you know, now that the season is over, um, if you guys are listening in, you know, um, you know, maybe you guys are just uh, looking for a little bit of entertainment. Maybe you guys are looking ahead to next season. Uh, maybe you're already contemplating on keepers, you know, just different things like that. Um, you know, it's never a bad idea just to kind of keep up to date and just have a good, you know, grasp on, um, you know, maybe, you know, uh, have some sort of plan for your draft next year, even as soon as now, you know, just, um, you know, obviously you need to, you know, be able to deter from that and, and, um, and, and, and make new plans based off of, um, you know, different developments in the NFL, you know, whether it be the draft or from a trade or, you know, people being cut, you know, just, you know, injuries and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I think it's always good to, um, you know, after a fantasy football or after, after a football season concludes, rather, I always just try to make it a point to, um, you know, take some time and, and, and jot some notes down. And, uh, that way I can kind of remember, you know, what my big takeaways were from, from the previous year. So, um, you know, one thing I talked about last week, um, on this show, and I'll talk about it very briefly. Um, you know, one thing I'm going to try to do, and maybe I guess here we go. Maybe this is my new year's resolution for fantasy football is, you know, I'm really going to try to trust my gut next year. You know, I, I, um, you know, I don't want anybody deterring me from making a decision that I want to make. So, um, if, if I got a good, um, if I got a good feeling about a player, um, I'm, I'm going to start him, you know, and I'm not going to let anybody, um, dictate, you know, what I do. So that's going to be one of my goals for fantasy football for next year. Um, you know, I'm going to try to trust my gut and, uh, just try to make my own decisions. You know, I'm not going to, um, you know, base all of my decisions solely off of stats or off of, um, other advice. I think it's always important to listen to other ideas and other, you know, other opinions from other people. Cause I think it could be useful in formulating your, your own perception of, of particular player players and matchups and stuff like that. But again, um, I think the most important thing you can do in fantasy football to keep yourself sane is to trust your gut and, uh, you know, just go with your, um, you know, your own decisions. So, you know, now that the fantasy football season is over, um, you know, this podcast will likely change quite a bit, you know, because, you know, or of course, I'm of course not going to be giving any rankings or any projections or making predictions and stuff, um, you know, unless they are, 
um, relevant to the 2019 season. Um, the only exception is um, I may be giving some outlooks. I will likely actually be giving some outlooks on playoff games. Um, some of you guys may participate in um, a um, you know their daily fantasy uh, daily fantasy competitions um, for playoff weeks. So um, you know there are some things that I've I've heard of, and one thing I'm actually going to actually compete in this particular playoffs uh, playoffs. Uh, this year is, um, you know, you, you can, you can pick, you, you, you choose a lineup, um, for one particular week and, um, you know, you, you just, you try to win your, that matchup. And if you don't win, then you are eliminated for the following week. So it's kind of a difficult thing to do because once you pick players, um, you can't pick them a second time. So, um, I will likely be playing in that. I will be doing that, um, organizing that here in the near future. So, um, I will be giving you guys some updates on that. And so I will likely be giving you guys um, my fantasy outlook for um, all the playoff games this weekend here in a day or two. For the time being, though, I'd like to go over, um, you know, you know, one thing I, I thought would be fun is if I did a, um, a mock draft for the 2019 season. So I call it um, you know, obviously this is way too early to do a mock draft. Um, and so, and you know, because it's all completely based off of this season, um, I am doing, um, what's called my way too early 2019, uh, five round fantasy football mock draft. So, um, it's a, it's a 10 team mock draft. Um, you know, again, it's only five rounds, so I'm not going to go in depth because, um, honestly it was, it was difficult enough just to put these together. Um, you know, just five rounds in. So I'm going to go over them, you know, pretty quickly. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode, but I'm interested to see what you guys think. Um, you know, so, um, you know, as I'm doing this, if you guys are interested, you know, take some notes down and, uh, you know, maybe you guys can hit me up on Instagram, um, and just kind of, uh, you know, give your opinion on, you know, what you guys think of these particular rankings. Okay. So, all right. So in round one, again, we have 10 teams This is a 10 team mock draft. So I did my best to, um, do this, uh, very, um, objectively. So, um, you know, it was kind of difficult to, you know, figure out like when to take players and whatnot. So this is different from my top 50 players. Okay. So I am doing this based off of, um, you know, you know, each time I'm saying, okay, uh, this, you know, right now I am team one. What am I doing if I'm team one? And then I moved on to team two and I said, okay, what am I doing if I'm team two and so on? So, um, if it was my top 50 players, then this would be a different, you know, um, this would be a different format. I would literally just read off my top 50 players. Um, it would be a different order. So, but because this is a mock draft, you know, Partially, you know, what I'm doing is I'm I'm drafting, I'm doing these picks based off of um, that particular team's need. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So the, my first round um, of my way too early fantasy football mock draft for 2019, uh, team one is going to take Todd Gurley. So not really a surprising pick here. Um, you know, you know, I did have some reservations about do uh, about doing Todd Gurley number one. Um, I think he does have, um, you know, there is, there is a little bit of risk with Todd Gurley. You know, there's, um, you know, you, 
you know, you just, um, you think about, you know, going back to his college days and even this year, um, there have been some, some injuries, you know, that he's experienced some knee injuries to be specific. Um, you know, Todd Gurley, um, he's experiencing right now some inflammation in his, um, in one of his knees. He will, I'm sure be back for, um, their first, uh, playoff matchup. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, when somebody's already experienced some knee injuries, it's definitely not something you want to, um, hear from your, your, your star running back. But, you know, it's not just that. Um, and, and mostly it's, it's not that actually, it's actually probably the least of my concerns, you know, seeing as he's got, you know, even if they go play in the Super Bowl, like he's still got a lot of time to recover. He should be fine next year. But, you know, one little, um, you know, there's, there's a little bit of room can, for, for concern, um, just because there's an aging, they have an aging offensive line. So if you look at their starting offensive linemen, um, many of them are pretty, they are, they are older. So, um, you know, there are some, a couple of younger guys that are, you know, first year players. Um, but you know, Andrew Whitworth, which, who is one of their, their better offensive linemen. Um, I didn't realize this, that he was, he was this old. He's actually 37 years old. Um, they have another offensive lineman, um, two other offensive linemen rather that are, um, in their thirties. And so, you know, you know, a couple years ago, um, you know, the reason that Todd Gurley, you know, wasn't this top five running back, like we had drafted him. Um, I believe that was the season of, uh, 2016, if I remember correctly. Um, that sounds right. So 2016, um, you know, he just, um, he wasn't, he wasn't the top five running back that you had hoped for. Um, and it looked like it was because of the offensive line. So that's why I kind of bring up this aging offensive line thing. And just, you know, I just want to at least mention that. I think, you know, you'd have to be an idiot not to take Todd Gurley number one overall, but, um, you know, I think it's worth at least mentioning that. And, and I think there is at least a little bit of room for debate, um, you know, for not having him number one overall. Um, Moving on to team two. So team two is going to take Saquon Barkley. So um, like I said before, I think you can make a case for Barkley to go number one over Todd Gurley. Um, you know, Eli Manning, he had a pretty good year statistically, but he's 37, he's 37 years old. Um, I think Manning's Eli Manning's time, it is coming to an end soon. Um, but, you know, this, this, this offense, just this offense in general, there's so much upside here. I mean, there, there is so much firepower here next year. I expect this team to come out, um, and look a lot better than they did this year. Um, you know, assuming that Eli Manning is healthy, um, they may make a move in this draft to get a quarterback. And so who knows what will happen there? Maybe another quarterback, maybe a quarterback, um, maybe a developmental quarterback emerges, um, and makes this offense even better. Who knows? But, um, you know, I don't think that Barkley is going to be seeing too many stacked boxes regardless next year, you know, because I don't care who's at quarterback. If there's, if, if you have Odo Beckham Jr., if you have Sterling Shepard and an emerging Evan Ingram, I don't know how you stack the box against um, a guy. And I don't, I don't know how you stack the box against Saquon Barkley. I know that the that teams are going to make it a point to stop him, but if you, if you do that, I mean, you got to pick your poison. So, um, I think that Saquon Barkley is probably going to have plenty of running lanes to work with next year. So he's, he's going, um, I would take him. If I had the number two overall pick, I would be taking him. Um, coming in at number three, it's Ezekiel Elliott. So, 
Um, you know, one thing that that really caught my eye from this year was um, his his passing usage. So, um, you know, he 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 more than doubled his targets between his rookie year and this year. I say that um, you know because um, you know last year he had the suspension, so that kind of skewed his his uh, his 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 uh, season overall season stats. Um, but yeah, I think his, his, his rookie year, he had 40, um, 40 catches, I believe. And he doubled that, um, this year. So that's very, very encouraging. Um, you know, that might be because that might be in due, it might be due in part to, um, you know, a lack of playmakers on this team, you know, much of this season, um, you know, their, their top pass catchers were, you know, Michael Gallup and Cole Beasley, um, it wasn't until Amari Cooper came to town and, and I feel like, um, Ezekiel Elliott really started getting some running lanes to run through. And so, um, you know, one thing that's really encouraging for Ezekiel Elliott is that this defense is really coming along. You know, it seems like this defense is looking really good and I think this is what they want to do. I think they want to run the ball a lot. I think they, um, you know, I think they want to run the ball a lot. I think they want to go deep and then I think they want to play good defense. So, um, you know, they go deep every now and then to keep the defense honest, um, run the ball, shorten the game, take, keep the ball out of the opponent, their opponent's hands. Um, and I think this defense is really going in the right direction, um, to be able to do that. So their, their pass rush looks good. You know, if they can, I think they're designed to, um, you know, just take a whole quarter and like drive down the field score and then put a lot of, put a lot of pressure on the opposing team. Um, you know, with Amari Cooper, now in Dallas, I think these teams really have to respect the passing attack um, just because he has that big playability. We've seen it this year. He's had some monster, monster games. He's had some pedestrian games as well. But when he gets the targets, he has some some monster games, and he's going to really open up that offense um, for Ezekiel Elliott. Next running back I have – or excuse me, the next player I have um, – in this mock draft uh, team number four is going to take Christian McCaffrey. So some may ask why McCaffrey isn't taken earlier in this draft. And I think that's, you know, I don't think it's so much about McCaffrey. It's more about these other guys. So I have a little more confidence. I think they're a little more reliable, um, I, you know, than, than, um, than Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, one, you know, Ezekiel Elliott specifically, he gets, he gets more opportunity than McCaffrey. Um, they basically played the same amount of games, um, technically McCaffrey played, um, in week 17, but you know, he didn't play very much. Um, you know, but, but Ezekiel Elliott got over 50 more touches than Christian McCaffrey over the course of the season. So, you know, you got to think like maybe that was because they were really relying on Zeke in a big way. Cause they didn't have anybody that was before, you know, before Amari Cooper came into the picture, they had to rely on Ezekiel Elliott. But, um, you know, I just really like the opportunity that Ezekiel Elliott has, um, and, and I think he's just going to have a lot of space to run. So I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have another good year though. Um, you know, he just, he's kind of matchup proof, you know, unless they go out and pick up, you know, somebody to take a little bit of that work from Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's getting, he's getting all the work. He's getting the goal line work. He's getting in between the tack. He's getting in between the tackles. Um, I don't think he's as efficient there, but, um, you know, I, I don't think it matters what the game script is. He's going to be involved in the offense, like whether they, whether they're ahead, whether they're behind, if they're behind, they're just going to throw it to him. So I think Christian McCaffrey is a, um, I got him as a top four player next year. Moving on to team number five. So team number five is going to take on uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So, um, you know, I think, um, you know, it's it's one of those things 
in you know in your first two rounds of your snake draft in fantasy football. Um, I want to talk about this real quickly. I don't. Want, I'll get back to DeAndre Hopkins in a second, but it's really really important in your. Um, it's really important in your your snake draft. You got to nail those first two picks. You know, like um, the majority of your points are going to come from your first two picks. So it's so, so important that you nail those first two picks. Like um, one thing I've heard, you know, I've always heard is, you know, you, you can't, you're, you're not going to win your fantasy league because of your first two picks, you know, but you could lose it. And so you guys will see what I'm talking about here in a second. You know, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of good players in the first that are going here in the first, first uh, two or three rounds, you know, of this mock draft. And, um, you know, you'd, you'd be happy to have any of them, any combination of them probably. Um, but you know, you just, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's so important that you hit these picks because there's just so many good players going, you know, the likelihood of you running into two good players is pretty good. So, but if you miss, if you whiff on them, then you could totally, that could totally dictate your season. It could make it go downhill really, really quick. So, um, you know, a good example for me is, um, you know, this particular year I was in a snake draft and, um, it's a long story, but, um, you know, I thought I was going to have the number three overall pick, um, and got to the draft and, you know, I actually discovered that I was the number one overall pick and completely threw out, threw off my whole draft. Um, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me and I'm not sore about it. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's just fantasy football after all. But, um, you know, I ended up, you know, having to take, um, because it's a keeper league and because a lot of the players that, um, that I would normally would have taken in a normal draft were already, were already kept. Um, you know, I kind of felt like my hand was forced. I had to take David Johnson, which I wasn't upset with, but then my second round pick, it was, uh, it was, uh, at the end of the second round, because I was the number one overall pick, I had to take Rob Gronkowski because there was just nobody else available. Like all these other players were being kept. And so I didn't have a chance at, uh, at Adam Thielen or a, um, Odell Beckham Jr. or a, um, Dalvin Cook or anybody like that. So, um, you know, that really, really um, kind of threw a wrench in my in my draft a little bit, um, and which is not really the point. The point is, you know, I, I whiffed on my two first picks. So my first two picks I completely whiffed on. You know, um, David Johnson, he was a top 10 running back for most of this season, but he, you know, I, I took him number one overall. Like, that's not what I – when I took him number one overall, I expected him to be a top three running back. Um, and since he wasn't, um, you know, that the combination of that and then Rob Gronkowski was a bust this year, um, it just completely destroyed my, my chances of making the, the, the playoffs. So, um, so when I, when I do these, you know, when I do these, you know, when I did this mock draft, um, you know, I'm thinking about players that, that give me the best, if I'm, if I'm that team, that particular team, I'm thinking about the players that give me the best chance um, of winning that league, obviously, but you know, it's kind of more than that. It's, it's, it's more, it's more like, you know, especially in these first two rounds, you're going to see a difference between the first two rounds and like rounds three, four, and five, the rounds one and two, I'm trying to pick the safest players possible. Like who is going to be a top 10 player for me? Like, and I don't have to really, I don't, I really, I just don't have to worry about it. Like I can set it and I can forget, forget, forget it every week. And, um, that's why, 
DeAndre Hopkins comes in at number five. So I think you can make a case, um, you know, if you are really worried about running back, like I could see somebody taking an Alvin Kamara, a James Conner right here. But um, I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins because I think he is pretty low risk. You know, I don't think there's a lot of risk with taking DeAndre Hopkins in the first round. I think you're going to be pretty satisfied with taking De- DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I expect the Texans pass offense to run on all cylinders this next season. Um, I don't think Lamar Miller has been particularly consistent. Um, you know, there's some weeks where the running game is really working well. There's some weeks where the running game is not. And um, I think this offense just runs best when it moves through the air. You know, we saw De- uh, Deshaun Watson in, um, in in the 2017 season. You know, he was electric. And I would love to, love to, love to see that again. And I think that, you know, it's kind of shaping up. This team is kind of shaping up to look like that once again. So um, I think, you know, with... You know, we don't know what, you know, Demarius Thomas, his his status is going to be for next year with his Achilles injury. Um, uh, we don't know, um, you know, Will Fuller. We don't know when he's going to be back. Um, Kiki Cutie has been banged up much of this season. But even if he gets – even if this offense just gets two of those three players back, I think this, this passing offense is going to be very, very scary. Um, I feel pretty good about this po- passing offense going forward. Um, I'll talk about Deshaun Watson more more later. But um, yeah, I think DeAndre Hopkins. Really, no matter who, what you, no matter how you look at it, you know, I, I think that the, 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 here are the two scenarios for DeAndre Hopkins. I think that um, are the two most likely scenarios for him. Um, you, you know, at the end of the day, you never know what's going to happen. But like, I think these are the most likely scenarios for DeAndre Hopkins. I think either you know, either he he does have a thin wide receiver core and he's getting a lot of targets. Um, you know, and maybe he's not getting as much, as many yards after the catch or, um, these, these defenses are going to have to give some attention to guys like Will Fuller and Kiki Cutie and Demarius Thomas, and it's going to open up things for DeAndre Hopkins. And maybe he has a little less, maybe he has less targets, um, because there's other options for Deshaun Watson to throw to, but maybe he gets more yards after the catch because he's going to have some more room. He's going to have some more room to make plays. So I think either way, he's going to be a good pick in the first round next year. I think he's he's, he's the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. Um, I think that you gotta you gotta have him. Um, I think you gotta take him in the uh, at number five overall if he's there. But at the same time, I'm not looking at you funny if you take Alvin Kamara. Speaking of which, Team Six is going to take Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, I think that. You know, Alvin Kamara drops to to six um, to team six because um, you know I think there's some things up in the air here. So Drew Brees, um, there's just some, some uncertainty here. Drew Brees is going to be 40 in a matter of days. Okay, so he's going to be 40 years old in a matter of days in about two weeks, I believe. Um, and here's the thing: I think it's just a matter of time until Drew Brees takes a step back. What he's doing, you know, with his shoulder is his shoulder history. It's incredible. And I just don't know how long he can keep it up. Um, on, on uh, you know, another scenario, which I think is pretty likely, you know, if the Saints win the Super Bowl, which I have them winning the Super Bowl this year, I think that they have a good shot to win the Super Bowl. If it, it I think it's, uh, I think it's totally in the within the realm of possibilities, you know, that 
Drew Brees retires after this season. You know, like how good would that be for him? Like how enticing that would that be to retire after winning the Super Bowl? You know, here in a couple weeks. Um, if that happens, I think this offense it does take a step back. I think that's going to have some good playmakers, but you know they have they're going to have a lot of questions to ask at the quarterback position, and and they're going to have to figure that out. So um, I don't like the uncertainty there. I think no matter how you dice it, you know whether it's you know because you know just because of um, you know just miles on the car or you know, if if Drew Brees walks away. You know, he's 40 years old. Like, I just I, – I see um, I see a scenario where Alvin Kamara maybe maybe falls a little bit. Like, I don't think he – I think he may be, um, you know, a top he, – he may fall out of the top three. I think he's more like a top five, top six, top seven kind of guy next year. Um, next player I have for you guys is James Conner. Um, James Conner, you know, so long as he's a bell cow running back, um, and one of the best offenses in the NFL, I'm going to take that all day, every day, near the end of the first round. Um, you know, there's not going to be any um, – there really shouldn't be any competition for um, for James Conner. He's the guy in Pittsburgh. He's their future. Um, you know, and, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty right now with Pittsburgh. You know, they've had an interesting season, um, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with Le'Veon Bell, but also – uh, with Antonio Brown. So just recently, um, it's been rumored that Antonio Brown, um, he, he might be a guy that, that could be traded. So some weird things happened with him this past week. Um, apparently he didn't, he didn't come to some of these practices and they, they were really hush hush about it. The Steelers were, um, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to evaluate this situation and, and I'm, I'm interested to see what happens to this offense. If Antonio Brown is not a Steeler next year. So, I don't know if that means that there's going to be more work for James Conner. I don't know if this that means that this offense takes a step back. Um, but that's why I don't have James Conner any um, any higher than I do. Um, segwaying from that, Team 8 is going to take Antonio Brown. So, um, man, I can't tell you the last time that I had Antonio Brown ranked um, later than, you know, the fifth overall pick. But I got him a little bit lower right now because there is some uncertainty you know, if he goes to different offense, um, I think there's a decent chance that he he does. You know, he's not as productive just because the Steelers' offense is so high octane. You know, they've they've just they've always been a good offense. Well, not now. I've always been a good offense, but they've been a good offense. You know, um, for the past. You know, they've been a high, a good high octane offense for the past like five years or so. Um, I, I I don't know if I. Um, you know, I don't know. There's just a lot of uncertainty here. If he goes to a team like the Jets or the Raiders, I don't know. Like, I don't know what happens then. Um, consequently, consequently, um, you know, if he stays with the 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 Steelers, um, do they avoid using him? You know, do they really, um, you know, start making Juju Smith Schuster their number one wide receiver because they're displeased with Antonio Brown? So. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. And, um, you know, I think it would it would make things a little more clear if they did go and just trade Antonio Brown. I think things stay a little murky if Antonio Brown um, continues to stay uh, continues to stay in Pittsburgh. Uh, moving on to team number nine, and they are going to take Tyreek Hill. Um, so this team probably is going to feel like they're getting a steal here. Um, but I think this is about where Tyreek Hill needs to go. So you know, this is, this is what, you know, and, and some people may be looking at me crazy and saying like, man, well, 
why do you think Tyreek Hill is, the, you know, should be the, um, you know, the 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 uh, third wide receiver coming off um, coming off the draft board? And you know, and my argument is this: it's all about consistency for me. So um, Tyreek Hill, um, yes, he was the number one wide receiver in PPR scoring this year. All right, so he was um, half a point in front of DeAndre Hopkins. So the reason I have Tyreek Hill going um, as late as he is, it's the consistency. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you look at his his um, his, his point totals from each game, um, Tyreek Hill, you know, he had 75% of his points scored in eight games, okay? Um, and, and so for those eight games, like, you're feeling great. You're feeling like, oh, man, like, that's that's incredible. Like, he scored 249 points in eight games. Um, you know, if you if you break that down, <laughs> that is uh, uh, that is some great production. But he also scored a total of 84.6 points in his other eight games, which was good for roughly, you know, 10.5 points per game. Um, you know, and so I think that's the thing about Tyreek Hill is that, you know, he – to be fair, like he's a very talented player, but to be fair, he is a little boomer bust. Like he is, um, you know, and it's weird to say that he's boomer bust because he's the number one wide receiver in fantasy. But like I said, 75% of his points, they were scored in eight games. Okay. Like that is, um, I don't know. That's just, it's not a discouraging stat, but like, you know, I think, I don't think that there were a whole lot of teams that won their fantasy championships because of Tyreek Hill, you know, I think, um, you know, and granted, like he was dealing with some injuries, you know, just recently, but, um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It's hard to, um, you just don't know when that, that 30 point game is, is going to come, you know, it may, they may come in week 13, you know, and then you start him in week 14 in your first round of the playoffs and he may score you eight points and then you get put out of the playoffs. And so I don't know, it's just the, the consistency. If you know when to play him, it, you know, it's great, but here's the thing. If you're taking him in the first round, um, like you're probably going to play him every single week. So he, and I think, I don't know how you wouldn't play him every single week with, you know, in, in that high octane offense, you just don't know when he could go for 30 points, you know? So I don't know. I think, um, I, I think that that's why I got him going as wide receiver three. Um, you know, and I honestly, I may be too high on him. Um, you know, I, I don't like that so such a big percentage of his points were scored in eight games. Um, moving on to team number 10. So team number 10 is going to take Melvin Gordon. So Melvin Gordon, um, I think you can make an argument for Melvin Gordon being ahead of guys like James Conner, uh, guys like Alvin Kamara, those kind of running backs. Um, you know, but here's the thing. It's the, it's the injury risk. So, you know, he's, he's had some difficulties in the past with injuries. Um, he's, he's one of those guys it seems like every year he he experiences some sort of injury and he's out for an extended amount of time. Um, he hasn't. I mean, he's only he's only been in the league, you know, for a little while. But um, you know, he just he just he's one of those guys that he gets banged up easily. And so, um, you, you know, when you draft him, you have to accept that risk that you know he's probably going to be sitting out at least a couple games that particular season. Moving on to round two and uh, team ten. Um, they are going to pick again, um, and they're going to pick Devontae Adams. So, um, you know, I feel like Devontae Adams is kind of the opposite of 
Tyreek Hill when it comes to production. So uh, Devontae Adams, very quietly, um, had a very, very good, consistent season. He ends as the number three wide receiver in fantasy this year. So, um, you know, if you if you look at their point totals, you know, Tyreek Hill, he had 334 total, total points in PPR scoring. Devontae Adams has uh, just four points less than he does. And, um, or five rather. Um, but anywho, you know, basically they had the same, same production, same like season production, but it was spaced out more evenly. So Devonte Adams was just so, so consistent this year. Um, you know, I, I would, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things I would maybe if I'm at the back end of a draft, I wouldn't mind, you know, snatching Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill, you know, with the, um, if I'm like team number 10, I wouldn't mind doing that, um, as a fantasy league manager, if I could make that happen. Um, just because you have that big playability, but you also have a really, really consistent wide receiver. Um, I don't think there was a more consistent wide receiver this year than Devonte Adams. Like he, it seemed like week in and week out, you know, he wasn't having like a 30 point game for you. Um, you know, at least most of the time, but you know, he was very, um, you know, he was just very, very consistent. You know, point totals were 19, 20, 18, 16, 29, 35, 18, 16, 21, 26, 17. Like just, you know, really, really consistent production um, from Devontae Adams. And uh, not to mention, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't play. It doesn't appear that he played in week 17. So that was without playing in week 17 too. Next pick I have for you is uh, team number nine. They are going to take Michael Thomas. And so in the first round, they took Tyreek Hill. Uh, they come back around and they take Michael Thomas. Um, you know, man, Michael Thomas, he is a absolute beast. Um, he finishes the year with the most catches of anyone in the league. And he has the best catch rating as well. He, ca- he caught 125 of his 147 targets. That is absolutely incredible man this guy is like it just it's like his, his it's like he's got super glue on his hands he just catches everything it seems like um but that's i just think that's an incredible stat only um only 22 drops the entire year um moving on to uh team number eight um team eight is going to take julio jones and so uh julio jones you know um, you know, he finishes the year, um, he finishes the year as, uh, the number four receiver, um, you know, and, and the reason I have him ranked lower, um, you know, it, it's not, not nearly as bad as, you know, what we experienced with Tyreek Hill, but the consistency is a little, you know, um, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the consistency and inconsistency rather, um, you know, after, you know, he has a big dry spell, um, you know, the first, you know, eight games of the season, the first eight weeks of the season. Um, and then he, and then he finishes the season with eight touchdowns from week nine on. So, um, you know, he's never been a prolific touchdown scorer, um, at least not recently, man, that stretch of, of games where he, he just didn't have any touchdowns. Um, man, that's just, that's brutal, you know, not as much in, in PPR scoring, but, Man, if if you're in a if you're in a standard league with Julio Jones, um, I mean those touchdowns are so vital. You just you gotta have those touchdowns if you're in a if you're in a standard league. So of course I'm doing these based off of PPR scoring, um, 
but even so, I mean, touchdowns are just, they're just so important. And, you know, I, um, I, I think there's a little bit of risk with Julio Jones just because the, the end zone usage is just, you know, kind of weird. It's, it's, it, you would think that, that Julio Jones would be getting, he would get a lot of targets in the end zone because of his stature. But the truth is he just, he just doesn't really do that. I think, um, for whatever reason, like that connection with Matt Ryan and, and, and Julio Jones in the end zone, it's not, it's not really there. He doesn't really get a whole lot of end zone targets. Uh, moving on to team number seven. So we got Adam Thielen. Uh, I'm going to show him a little bit of love here. Um, but he, you know, and some people may be asking like, well, why isn't he the, you know, why isn't he going higher? Um, and here's the reason. I mean, this is a, uh, this is a run first team. So the Vikings, um, they were without Dalvin Cook for much of the year. Um, and when he came back, it was kind of evident that what they wanted to do was they wanted to run the ball. Um, I think this team functions better that way. I think they can be a good passing team, but I think this team, this team does have a good defense. I think, you know, if they, if they had to choose, I think they would prefer to run the ball, play good defense and grind out wins. Okay. So, um, I think that Adam Thielen, you know, he's a talented player. I think that he, um, it makes sense for him to go in the, you know, in the second round. Um, so team seven, they, uh, in in the first round, they take James Conner and they come in and they get a top 10 receiver in Adam Thielen in round two. Um, team six, um, they are going to take the notorious Le'Veon Bell. So, um, after taking Alvin Kamara in the first round, um, they're going to be a little risky and take Le'Veon Bell in the second round. Um, now of course we don't know what, you know, where Le'Veon Bell is going to be playing football. And I mean, to be fair, we don't know if he's going to be playing football at all, I guess, um, technically. Um, but I think that he lands somewhere decent. You know, I think that, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to get paid here pretty soon. Um, and he's probably going to be somewhere and they're probably going to, they're probably going to ride him. Um, I imagine, you know, they're not going to pay him a boatload of money, um, and not get him plenty of touches in their offense. So, um, I think that there are some fantasy managers that are going to get a huge bargain if they take Le'Veon Bell in the second round next year. So, of course, this is all speculation because we don't know where Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell is going to be. Um, you know, this is a very, very premature mock draft, like I have stated before. Um, but I think that, you know, if, if I had to draft today, if I had to draft today, I would be taking Le'Veon Bell in the middle of the second round. Uh, the next team we have coming up is team five, team five in the first round they took, um, team five took Deandre Hopkins and they're going to come back around and they're going to take David Johnson. So, um, David Johnson was, uh, you know, kind of a disappointing year from David Johnson. Um, and, and here's my logic with having him go, um, in the middle of the second round. Um, there's nowhere to go, but up for this Cardinals team, you know, the Cardinals were absolutely atrocious this year. Um, you know, it, 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 they just, they didn't have, um, they really didn't have a quarterback that could, that could get it done for David Johnson from a fantasy perspective. Um, I imagine this team has got to be better next year. Um, I think, you know, even if they're not better def- offensively, hopefully they're better defensively. So they're not playing from behind all the time. Um, David Johnson, he's he's still a very very talented player. He just plays for a really crappy team. Um, so I think that you know, while you while you may not feel great about taking David Johnson in the middle of the second round, 
I mean, come on, this is just ridiculous. I mean, this guy is too talented to not be taken in the first round, or excuse me, in the second round. Um, I think that, you know, you could make an argument for taking him at the end of the first round, but the thing is, I don't think anybody's going to take a chance on David Johnson at the end of the first round just because of what happened this year. So I think David Johnson fell. um, Let's see, David Johnson finishes as the number nine receiver in PPR scoring this year. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to be scared off by David Johnson and just by this, by how bad this team is too. So um, I think taking David Johnson in the middle of the second round, I think that is a steal. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Todd Gurley a couple of years ago. So Todd Gurley, several years ago, everybody was scared off because, you know, he came out his rookie year and it looked like he was a top five running back. And so he was really overdrafted the following year. And then he was like this top 20 running back, like just because the offense was just so poor. It was it was during the Jeff Fisher era in um, I guess it was I guess that was when they were in St. Louis. And, um, and, you know, it just, it just looked bad. Like it was just, um, just, you know, it, it, it looked like the offense was broken and it, it just, it just reminds me, it reminds me a lot. It reminds me a lot of this David Johnson situation. And so I think it, here's my argument with taking David Johnson in the second round. Is there a little bit of risk? Yes, there most definitely is. But I think that the upside is just so high. And, and I think we've seen, David Johnson's floor here. I think David Johnson's floor is top 10 running back. Okay. So, um, you know, if you, if let's say you do draft them, okay. So you draft them, uh, let's say you're team five and you do draft them in the middle of the, of the second round, you know, at worst, I think you're getting a top 10 running back. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think that's going to lose you your, um, I don't think that's going to lose you your league, um, after you take, you know, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in the first round. So, um, me personally, I'm pulling the trigger on David Johnson unless I hear something that's disconcerting during this offseason or if they have a bad um, NFL draft, you know, or, you know, something else happens, you know, if they have to, you know, I don't know, like you never know what happened, what's going to happen with NFL teams. But, like, you know, as of right now, if we were drafting tomorrow, I'm taking David Johnson in the middle of the second round. I think that's a huge bargain. Speaking of bargains, um, Odo Beckham Jr. is going to be taken by team number four. Uh, team number four uh, in the first round took Christian McCaffrey, so they're going to come back around and they're going to take Odell Beckham Jr. this round. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., um, you know, I think people, again, I think people are scared off. I think people are scared, and so that's why he's likely not going to go in the first round because of the injuries he's experienced the past two seasons. Um I think that this offense, I think it's going to be firing on all cylinders next year. I think I think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be a huge bargain here near the end of the second round. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be very, very happy with taking Odell Beckham Jr. Um, right here. So, um, you know, the games he did play in, he had a good season, you know, on a, on a per-game basis. He kind of had a Devontae Adams-like season up until the point that he got hurt. Um, you know, very, very consistent um, mostly consistent, at least, um, you know, he, he had some good point totals. Like he was a good receiver for, for, you know, the first, um, you know, for the, the, um, the, the first, uh, the first 13 weeks of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, I think it's a huge bargain. I mean, he has, um, he has five games over a hundred receiving yards. 
Um, he finishes the year with with five touchdowns or six touchdowns rather, despite only only playing in uh, in twelve games. Um, yeah, I'm 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 cool with taking Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I'm more than okay with taking Odell Beckham Jr. at the at the end of the second round or near the end of the second round. Um, the next team we have we have uh, Mike Evans. Excuse me. The next team we have is Team Three, and they are going to um, take Mike Evans. Um, they took um, they take Ezekiel Elliott in the first round, so they take Mike Evans. They get their number one receiver in the second round. Um, you know, Mike Evans. I think that you know this is a offense that is designed to run. I think they're still uh, they're probably not going to solve all all their defensive problems in one off season. So I expect that um, Mike Evans is still going to be a, a pretty good receiver next year. Um, you know, I don't think he, I don't think we can, I don't think we can group him in that category of, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Brown and those guys. Um, but I think that, you know, just because the way this off, this, this team is designed, I think that, you know, they're designed to throw the ball. Um, I think, you know, I think that Mike Evans, um, you know, he, this is about where he needs to go. And I think this is about where he needs to go probably every year. I don't, I don't think even if he blows up this year, I'm probably still going to have him ranked about the same, the same way I do this year. Um, so, um, I, I just think that, I, I, I think that, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, consistency with him. Um, and I think that's partially because of the, because of the quarterback play. Um, you know, but you know, if you drafted, you know, if you drafted Mike Evans, um, you know, if you managed to get him at the end of the second round this, this year, um, in this, in this year's, uh, draft, then you're probably pretty happy. That's about where he needs to go, I think. So, um, yeah, I think that he doesn't really move draft positions really. I think he's about I think that's about where he needs to go. I think he's, you know, I think he's a solid, pretty solid um wide receiver one. He's not going to, you know, I don't think he's going to necessarily win you. He's not probably not going to win you your league. Um but he's going to give you a good shot to be in it every week. Um you know, one thing I will mention is Adam Humphreys um is a he's a free agent now, so he may sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he could easily find a new landing spot. And Deshaun Jackson should also, he, he should also be gone. He should not be with the Buccaneers either. So I think that Mike Evans, um, you know, he could have, you know, a similar season to what he had a couple years ago when, um, you know, he's just getting lit up with targets by Jameis Winston. You know, they obviously have a good rapport with each other. Um, you know, they, they, um, you know, I think that they have good chemistry. So, I think that they, um, I think they, they pretty much stay exactly where they're at, um, you know, this uh, for uh, you know this this particular in the 2019 um, season. So, um, but you know, I think Mike Evans also has that ability. You know, he could, you know, he could um, catapult himself into you know, a top five receiver at any point, you know, just because, because we've seen it before in the past, we've seen, you know, time in the past when James Winston has just lit up Mike Evans every week with, with target after target after target. Um, next team we have, we got team two, um, in the first round they took Saquon Barkley. And so they come back and they take Dalvin cook. Um, so Dalvin cook, you know, I think he's going to be, um, 
you think you're going to get, I think you're going to be able to get Dalvin cook here. I think he's going to be at a discounted rate. Um, who knows? He may even fall to round three. Uh, but I think that he's somebody that you can take at the end of round two and feel fairly confident just because, um, you know, I, I don't, I, some people might be like, you know, scared of taking Dalvin cook because of the injury history, but you know, I think he's just been unlucky here. I don't think that's, I don't think that he, um, I don't think that this is his fault. You know, like, you know, he tore his ACL um, in his rookie season. Um, you know, he was having a, he was having an incredible year up until that point. But, um, you know, Dalvin Cook um, this year, you know, I don't think that this was his fault. I think that the team rushed him back. I think they should have been more careful with him. Um, and I think that, like I said, I don't think that was his fault. When he came back and he was finally healthy, he looked pretty good. And so, and he had a pretty good fantasy uh, has a pretty good fantasy production. So um, I think Dalvin Cook going at the end of the second round, I think that's going to be a huge bargain for some teams. Um, I would take Dalvin Cook there and be perfectly, perfectly happy. Um, team one, this is an interesting one for me. And um, this could, this of all these um, picks, this is one that I could see. Um, I, this could very, very likely change. In um in the near future, depending on what we hear about Antonio Brown, but um the next pick I have, team one is going to take Juju Smith-Schuster after taking Todd Gurley in round one. So Juju Smith-Schuster, um I think that he deserves to be um in the top twenty players taking, but um I you know he could he could even go higher than this you know depending on what we hear about Antonio Brown, um. From a fantasy perspective, I hope that Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, I would prefer, um, I guess I would prefer Antonio Brown to not be traded away for this reason for Juju, because I think Juju is going to be like, I think, you know, he's going to be catapulted into, he could be catapulted into the top 10, you know, just because, I mean, people are going to assume like, oh, well, if Antonio Brown's gone, then that means, and that means that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be a top 10 receiver. I don't think I'm quite there yet with that. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know. I, it would be tough for me to take Juju Smith-Schuster in the first round. Man, oh, man. Um, but I could definitely see some some league managers, um, some team managers being tempted to take Juju that early if things don't work out with Antonio Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, for now, I feel comfortable taking Juju Smith-Schuster at the end of of the second round. So team one, after taking Todd Gurley and Juju Smith-Schuster, they are going to take our, um, they're going to take Amari Cooper. So, um, round three is, I feel like when you can start getting a little more risky with your picks. Okay. So during these rounds, you're going to see guys that are, uh, you know, a little less, you know, um, they're not going to be as consistent as the players that I've mentioned previously. And, you know, they're not going to be surefire things. Um, but they're, so they're going to have a little more upside, a little more risk, a little more reward, um, for these players. So, um, Amari Cooper, um, he's the man in, in Dallas. I think that, um, I would feel, um, I would feel, I think it's a risky play, but I think like there's just so much upside for Amari Cooper in this offense. I think like, you know, because he's going to get, you know, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be getting the targets. I think Amari Cooper, um, we could see some, some more big games out of him in Dallas. So there was a couple games this season where he just blew up. 
And, um, you know, I think we could see a similar result for Amari Cooper in 2019 as well. So I think that the upside is just so high. Um, you know, I, th- I think that it makes sense for team one to take Amari Cooper here. Um, team two, after taking, um, after taking, um, Dalvin Cook in the second round and taking, um, Saquon Barkley in the first, they're going to take a chance on Devonta Freeman. So, um, Devonta Freeman, I think he comes back with a vengeance this year. I think he, he's, you know, he's, he's going to be really the only guy in Atlanta. Um, I'm not a big Edo Smith guy. I don't think I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Um, I think it's going to be the Devonta Freeman show. And so I expect him to get back to his top 10 running back status. Uh, this particular way, this particular year, I think that he's going to be a big bargain for a lot of teams. Keenan Allen, I'm a little down on Keenan Allen um, this this uh, upcoming year. So, you know, I'm very familiar with Keenan Allen because I've had him on um, multiple fantasy teams the past two years. Um, and, you know, the thing about Keenan Allen is that it seems like he always kind of goes through this dry spell during the middle of the year. Um, and I swear the same thing happens every year. He goes through the dry spell. People make these low ball offers for him in my leagues um, trying to get him. And then he starts, you know, playing really well towards the end of the season. And then he falls off again in the playoffs. And so, you know, I think he's just burned me a couple times too many. Um, you know, as far as like overall season, you know, I think he's 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 probably going to have another good season overall. But, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I feel like it's happened once. It's happened twice. I can't take him earlier than the third round. Um, knowing what I know and knowing what I've experienced because I just feel like he is going to end up doing, um, you know, something similar to me again next year. So, um, you know, if you look back at, you know, if you don't believe me, go, look, go, go back and look for yourself. Like, you know, it appears like, you know, he kind of comes out with, he kind of comes out hot, you know, the first game or two of the season. And then he kind of falls off for a little while. He kind of just becomes irrelevant in the offense and then he picks it up again. And so, you know, especially with how the Chargers are going, you know, and where their offense is going, it seems like, you know, they kind of um, kind of seems like they have a lot of passing options, you know. And, um, you know, they have, they have Tyrell Williams and they have Mike Williams. They're going to get Hunter Henry back very soon. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon, he was running really, really well this season. Um, I think that you know, I feel like Keenan Allen isn't as safe of a play as I originally thought. So this, you know, the beginning of this year, I thought he was a pretty safe play. I am not thinking so much now. Um, I understand he's a PPR monster. Um, but you know, man, oh man, I just, um, I don't, I don't think I feel comfortable with taking Keenan Allen, um, in the second, as early as the second round. All right. So team four, after taking Christian McCaffrey in the first round, and then taking um, Odo Beckham Jr. in the second round, um, they are going to come around and they're going to make sure that they get somebody um, consistent because, you know, just because of Odo Beckham Jr., there is a little bit of question as far as, you know, um, you know, he, he, just the injuries in the past two seasons. Uh, he's, he's probably burned some people. Um, team four is going to make sure they get some consistent production. Um, they're going to take Travis Kelsey. So Travis Kelsey, I think right now he is the best tight end in football. He is in the best offense in football. That is for sure. Um, me personally, that's what I think. Um, 
I think that, um, yeah, I think he's got to be the number one tight end off the board. Um, and I don't think, um, I mean, it's tough for me to make a, an argument for anybody else. I think you might be able to make an argument for Zach Ertz. Um, but I think Travis Kelsey, I think he is, um, I think, I think he makes the most sense for the number one, um, consensus tight end this year. So it's a hot offense. Um, I, I don't see them slowing down. So I think, um, I think, I think taking Travis Kelsey near the beginning of the third round, I don't prefer to take a tight end right here, but you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, you know, at the, the 24th overall pick, I think that's just too sweet to, to pass up. I think you got to take a, take a, take a, um, I think you got to take him right there. Um, you know, speaking of other tight ends, um, team number five, after taking Deandre Hopkins and David Johnson, they're going to take um, Zach Ertz in round three. So, um, you know, I'm really liking the way that this team shapes up, actually, the more I think about it. Um, you know, you could you could end up with the the number one wide receiver, the number one tight end, and it wouldn't be crazy, you know, if, if David Johnson returns to, you know, his top five running back status. So, um, I mean, man, that would be a tough, tough team to, to have to compete with every week. Um, so I think, I think Zach Ertz, um, you know, Carson Wentz will be back next season. I think he'll be healthy again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm completely fine with taking Zach Ertz as early as the, as, as, as middle of round three, uh, team six after taking Alvin Kamara in the first round and then taking, um, and then taking Le'Veon Bell in the second, they're going to come around and they're going to take Joe Mixon. So, um, Joe Mixon, um, I mean, it's pretty clear he's the guy in Cincinnati. So, um, you know, he's getting the, he's the one that's getting all the run there. Um, you know, he, he kind of proved me wrong this season. I was not very high on Joe Mixon. Um, but he comes out, he's, he's pretty efficient with his touches. Um, you know, that was the thing last year. It looked like he was just getting swallowed up every time, you know, the offensive line play was pretty poor. Um, but Joe Mixon, um, he kind of comes out kind of bounces back after a disappointing rookie season. But, um, yeah, I think that team six, um, team six is, is, uh, that one, that one team in your league that, um, you know, they really, really value running back. And I've actually been, been guilty of this before myself. Um, so yeah, they take Alvin Kamara, they take Le'Veon Bell, and then they go and they take Joe Mixon. So, um, you know, they take, they take three running backs off the board, um, with their first, they take, they take, they take three running backs with their first three picks. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, um, how their, um, how their draft plays out moving forward. Uh, team seven after taking, um, team seven after taking James Connor, uh, in the first round and then taking Adam Thielen in the second, um, they are going to go after, um, a, a high upside play. They're going to go with T Y Hilton. So T Y Hilton, um, He's had, you know, pretty, uh, pretty good year here. Um, you know, and, um, I think he falls, I think he falls to the, um, the third round, um, you know, for a couple reasons. I think he, he is a little more of a, um, you know, boom bust play. He hasn't been that so much this year. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it's actually been pretty impressive what he's done this year. Um, he's had, he's, in, he's been pretty consistent. I think historically he's been a little boomer bust, but this, this year he's been, um, he's had some really monster games this year, actually. Um, 
But um, you know, he um, I think the reason that he falls for me to um to round three, uh, one reason is because of the division that they play in. Um, you know, I think that um the Jaguars, I think they're gonna bounce back as far as their defense goes this next year. I think the Titans are moving more towards a uh, defensive minded approach. Um, and so, I mean, that's four matchups right there that, you know, that T Y Hilton's going to have to deal with, uh, with tough matchups, I believe. And then, you know, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, uh, the Texans too, but, um, more than anything, um, you know, we've seen this before. We've seen how important Andrew Luck is to this offense and, you know, and here's the thing: if you don't have, if if, if Andrew Luck isn't playing, um, if he's not playing football, is if he's hurt, you don't want to start T.Y. Hilton. We saw that from the 2017 season. You do not want to have T.Y. Hilton in your lineup, on your team for that matter, if Andrew Luck is out for an extended period of time. Um, I think because you know that is you know that's just so volatile to me. I think that's why T.Y. Hilton falls as far as he does. It's not because of the ta- – I mean, he's, he's a talented guy. It's, I'm not questioning his talent. I just think that so much of his fantasy outlook, it, it falls on Andrew Luck's um, – his health. So I think it's – there is some risk here involved with, uh, with T.Y. Hilton because of Andrew Luck. Um, moving on to uh, team number eight. So team number eight uh, with their first-round pick – um, they took, um, they took Anto- Antonio Brown, um, uh, which couldn't turn out to be a huge steal. And they end up, um, coming back around in, uh, in round two and they take Julio Jones. And so they're looking really, really good at the wide receiver position and they decide, okay, I'm just going to stack up on, on top receivers and, uh, you know, it's PPR, PPR scoring. So, uh, that should give them a pretty good chance to, uh, to put up a good amount of points each week. So they're going to come around and we in round three and they're going to take Robert Woods. Um, so Robert Woods, um, he's another guy that, that kind of quietly, um, had a very, very good, you know, very, very good year. Um, he, he finishes as, uh, the number 11 receiver, um, in fantasy this year. Um, you know, I think that, you know, it's within the realm of possibility for this to happen again. You know, we've seen that, you know, I don't think this is a fluke. You know, in, in 2017, it looked like um, Robert Woods was the preferred receiver. And then it looked the same in, uh, in this year as well. You know, um, it looked like um, we were seeing the same thing from Robert Woods, um, you know, and, Jer- and Jared Goff this year as well. So um, I don't think I see that changing next year. I think that um, I think the Rams have found them a pretty good, pretty good receiver here. And, uh, so I think that he's going to be all reliable for everybody. I think he's going to be very consistent, kind of a Devonte Adams like season. He had, you know, just very, very consistent. Um, only had, um, only had under eight points, um, twice this season. And one of those was during week 17. So I don't know if I really even count that the other week was, uh, during week one against the Oakland Raiders. So, um yeah very very consistent fantasy um fantasy play pretty much week in and week out so um you know imagine that imagine that roster you have antonio brown you have julio jones and then you have uh robert woods 
I don't think anybody's beating you on wide receiver points if you have that team. Okay, moving on to um, the next, our next team. Uh, the next team we have Team Nine, and they are going to uh, take Nick Chubb after taking um, after taking Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas. So Team Nine, they decide they need some running back help. Um, they need they need a running back. They already have two good receivers, so they're going to go after Nick Chubb, who is pretty high upside uh, play, you know. And I may be too low on Nick Chubb, you know. I think that this Browns offense and this team is moving in the right direction. I think that um, I think Nick Chubb could be a um, he could be a top ten play potentially. So uh, you know, just because it's, we do kind of have a smaller sample size, I think that's why he falls um, as far as he does for me. Um, I may be moving him up um, as as the as, you know I know it's you know the the regular season just ended um, you know, but I I, I will more than likely. Um, you know, just, uh, based off of the Browns and their draft, I will be interested to see what happens with them. Um, I may, and I feel like it's more likely than not, I could be moving Nick Chubb up in my rankings. Um, the next player I have for you. Um, so we have team 10. Um, so in the first round, they take Melvin Gordon In the second round, they take Devontae Adams. And, you know, once you get down to this point, I feel like this is where things get really, really difficult and so this is why I really you know I really don't um I'm okay with having the number 10 um that number 10 spot you know when it comes to the first and second round because you it's almost like you essentially get two first round picks um but you know once you get down you know to round you know the bookend of, of round three and four I feel like this is where things kind of get difficult for this team so um, you know, they're going to take in back-to-back picks, they're going to take AJ Green and they're going to take Brandon Cooks. And so, you know, AJ Green, he's only played, I believe, two full seasons in the last five seasons. Um, so he is, you know, one of those players that you have to, you know, you have to understand that you're, you're taking a risk, you know, as far as his, you know, you know, is he going to be healthy for all these games or not? Um, so that is something that you're risking when you are drafting him here, but, um, I still expect him to be the top option in Cincinnati. I know he just turned 30 or 31. Um, but I, I think that he's still gonna be the top option. I think he's, he's still got enough in the tank. I think he's, um, I think this offense, you know, I think this offense is okay. I think this offense, the Bengals offense is decent. Um, I think there's going to be, um, plenty of opportunities for them to score. You don't like that. They have to play the Ravens twice a year, but, I think it's um, AJ Green is 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 a he's a special talent, and I think that you know he um, I think he's still worthy of a round three um, round three selection. Um, so Brandon Cooks, um, this is a guy that I feel like I've doubted and doubted and doubted, like you know, and I think it's you know it goes back to that trusting your gut, you know, um, conversation, you know, discussion that I mentioned earlier, and. That that is that is what I'm going with. I'm 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 done doubting Brandon Cooks. Okay, I am done doubting Brandon Cooks because everybody else says to. So, um, this is a guy that he has been, you know, you know he's been consistently in the, I believe that uh, you know top fifteen, uh, wide receivers, you know, year after year, and so and it just seems like he's just never drafted that way. So there were a lot of people that were down on him this year. 
they then they were they weren't taking them until you know rounds five six seven whatever and um you know i for one i am am i'm taking a chance on brandon cooks i don't care what people say um if he's there in the fourth round i i think i'm gonna go get him um and i i think this offense is i think this is a good offense you know he finishes as the number 13 receiver on the year um he he most definitely is a boomer bust play you know it seems like he's either getting you 25 points or he's getting you five um but you know i think more often than not he's getting you 25 so i think um i think he he's a very interesting play um you know a very interesting selection rather doesn't really get a whole lot of targets you know he he had you know more, he had eight or more targets excuse me he had eight or more receptions this season just twice um and, and so that that you know you're not encouraged by that but he's just a big play waiting to happen so i think if he's there in the fourth round it's going to be very difficult for me not to take him there all right next player i have for you um team nine you know they just took nick chubb and then uh the picks before that they took tyreek hill and michael thomas um, and in round four, they're going to kind of swing for the fences here. They're going to take Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry, um, we've seen what he can do this season. And I feel like I mean that in multiple ways. So we've seen like, you know, there have been moments this season where he has been very, very underwhelming. He hasn't done much. And then there have been seasons, there, there have been games where, he's been awesome. And so, you know, he has, you know, 200 yards and four touchdowns and, you know, and then he actually did it. He did something similar in back-to-back weeks. And so, um, I think that I'm, I'm interested to see, um, when people are pulling the trigger on Derrick Henry this year. So, I mean, Derrick Henry, he, he, (laughs) he finishes the year as the number 16 running back on the season. And I think he was like number 40 or something. Um, you know, just, you know, in, in back in week 13, um, you know, he, he just, you know, we, he goes, he goes crazy. Um, he goes crazy in weeks 14, 15. Um, he has 238 yards in week 14 for, and four touchdowns, 170 yards and two touchdowns in week 15 kind of comes back down to earth in week 16. He has 21 touches for 84 yards and a touchdown. And then in week 17, he has 16 carries for 93 yards and no touchdowns. I think, you know, and so with that, you know, looking at those stats, um, I think this is how I'm kind of evaluating it. Um, I think he is a risky pick. I think he's a little risky even in the fourth round. Um, but I think the upside is just so high. We've seen what he can do. Um, I don't know how you don't take – Derrick Henry at the beginning of the fourth round. Um, man, oh man. I mean, that, that could, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what do you, you got to ask yourself, what are you trying to do in this league? Are you trying to come in third or are you trying to win it? And I think if you're trying to win it, then I think taking a chance on a guy like Derrick Henry in the fourth round, I feel like that's perfectly fine. That's not going to sink your ship. I don't think you're going to like lose your league because you took Derrick Henry in the fourth round. Um, I think the only way that you could, you could say that, oh, you, that, that lost you, your, 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 your league is because, you know, because you, um, did, you took bad picks in the first and second round and third round for that matter. So, um, I think Derrick Henry right here makes a lot of sense. Um, this team, you know, things, you know, 
go the right way, um, this team could be scary. They have Tyreek Hill, they have Michael Thomas, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry. So um, I think that um, I think that this you know the the use the production this uh, you know these last four games of the season for Derrick Henry are more legit than not. Um, and so I, I think the Titans, you know, I think. I think they are moving more towards a defensive-minded, you know, my, uh, more of a defensive mindset. I think I mentioned that earlier in this episode, and so I think that um, I think he could be a guy that they really try to load up with touches next year. They may they may make it a point to make sure that he gets, I don't know, twenty touches a game. So, um, you know, I'm perfectly fine with taking Derrick Henry at the beginning of the fourth round. Uh, team eight. They are going to kind of swing for the fences as well. Um, after taking three receivers, Antonio Brown, uh, Julio Jones, and Robert Woods, um, they're going to go with Marlon Mack. This is one of those guys that I am really interested in starting um, this next year. So uh, Marlon Mack, you know, I think that's he's somebody that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Um, I think that's because, you know, he was hurt um, for a decent you know chunk of the season. You know, he didn't didn't play in week one. Um, looks like he played in week two and then he, um, you know, it looks like he re-aggravated some injury and then he sits out in week three, he sits out in week four, he sits out in week five. Um, but despite sitting out in four games, he still finishes as a 21st running back in PPR scoring. So, um, you know, me personally, I think that's pretty impressive. Like he had some good, uh, good matchups this season. You know, he had a big game against Buffalo, he had a big game against the Jets, had a big game against Oakland. Um, it has a big game against Dallas, which was very surprising to me. Um, you know, I, I think I just like, you know, I think that this is a good offense. I think that, you know, Marlon Mack, he does have big playability. So, you know, I kind of like Marlon Mack right now. I like Marlon Mack, um, going into next season. I think that he could surprise some people. I think that if he is treated like that, um, if he is treated like, that bell cow running back, um, like I hope he is, then he could be a really, really good, uh, bargain in the fourth round for a lot of these teams that are going, um, they're They're going zero running back. Uh, next team, we have team seven. So team seven, um, they take in the first round, they take James Connor and then they take, uh, they take Adam Thielen and then in the third round, they take T.Y. Hilton. So um, and in the fourth round, they're going to take George Kittle. So George Kittle, um, you know, he's he's a top three tight end. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if people start pulling the trigger on George Kittle earlier than this. Um, they should have Jimmy Garoppolo back um, and healthy. Um, I think this offense and this, this team in general is going to look a lot better next year. Um, this year, they just – had a lot of things not go right for them between, you know, Jarek McKinnon tearing his ACL. Matt Breida was banged up much of the year. Jimmy Garoppolo tears his ACL. Um, even CJ Beathard, you know, he gets hurt. Um, you know, they just, they kind of had a lot of, a lot of things, um, you know, just not go right for them. Um, Marquise Goodwin didn't really do what I expected him to do. Um, I think this offense is going to look a lot better next year. I think they're going to score some more points. Um, I am cautiously optimistic about the 49ers and I think George Kittle is legit. I think he's a very talented player. Um, team six, um, after taking three running backs in the first, 
uh, the first three rounds. Um, this is the run, heavy, heavy running back team. Um, you know, they, they take Alvin Kamara, followed by Le'Veon Bell, and then they take Joe Mixon. In round four, they're going to take Doug Baldwin. So Doug Baldwin is a guy that a lot of people have kind of forgotten about this year. Um, could be a really big bargain this upcoming draft. So he is kind of an aging wide receiver. Um, but, you know, I think he's still Russell Wilson's top target, um, especially in the end zone. He loves throwing to him in the end zone. He This is his favorite touchdown target on his team. Um, I, I expect Doug Baldwin to come back. He's going to, I mean, assuming that he's healthy, I think he's going to have a good bounce back season. He is a player that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on during these uh, NFL playoffs. I'm interested to see how he performs. And, um, you know, if, you know, it looks like he's healthy, you know, just from, if you watch, uh, you know, his games in week 15, and week 16, I think he's fine. I think he's finally healthy. And so I'm interested and in, uh, excited to see him uh, next season. All right. The next player I have for you guys in this mock draft. Um, so team five, after taking Deandre Hopkins and David Johnson and uh, Zach Ertz, they're going to be, um, a little, little riskier in round four as they probably should be. They're going to take Leonard Fournette. So a lot of things have been weird in Jacksonville for, you know, it looks like there's just kind of a weird, it sounds, it feels like there's a weird vibe between Leonard Fournette and, uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, the kind of, um, I think the, the efficiency has been kind of underwhelming from Leonard Fournette. And then I think above all, just the, I think they've been, dis- they've been disappointed with the injuries, but, um, assuming that Leonard Fournette is a Jaguar next year. Um, you know, that should be a run first team. They should be relying on Leonard Fournette. Most of these games, I think that, um, Leonard Fournette in the fourth round, um, I think it makes perfect sense for this, you know, this particular team, team five to take a chance on Leonard Fournette. Um, they look like they, this is like a, um, this looks like a pretty good team. This is a good, pretty good team shaping up here. Um, moving on to team four. So team four, um, after taking Christian McCaffrey, um, after taking Christian McCaffrey, taking Odell Beckham Jr., and then in round three they take Travis Kelsey. Um, they are going to take Tariq Cohen. So um, this is this is looking like a pretty good PPR um, team here with Christian McCaffrey and Tariq Cohen on the same team. Um, you know, and I think um, I think this this continues for the Bears. I think they continue to really rely on their running backs. I think Matt Nagy really likes how Tariq Cohen fits into this offense. Um, I think even if this uh, Bears defense takes a step back next year, I think that Tariq Cohen is kind of matchup proof. I mean, I think that, you know, he, he he's involved no matter what, even whether they're ahead or whether they're behind, he still get, finds ways to get involved or they still find ways to get him involved rather. So, um, you know, I, I like Tariq Cohen. I think that um, Matt Nagy, is a big fan of Tariq Cohen uh, and what he does for this offense. So I have no issue taking Tariq Cohen in the fourth round. All right, moving on to uh, team number three. Um, you know, and so, you know, maybe if you're listening to this, you're probably wondering, well, where are all the quarterbacks at? Well, here we are. Here we go with the first quarterback taken off the board. Um, you know, I'll say like, I don't, I don't prefer to take quarterbacks early, which is why I haven't, I haven't taken, I haven't, pulled the trigger on any quarterbacks yet um but come on this is this is round four this is getting freaking ridiculous uh Patrick Mahomes is still on the board so team three is gonna say okay I'm taking Patrick Mahomes so um after team three takes 
um, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, um, after they take Ezekiel Elliott and, um, Mike Evans, and then after taking Keenan Allen, um, they're going to take Patrick Mahomes and try to get an advantage at the quarterback spot. Um, I got no issue with taking Patrick Mahomes at the end of the fourth round. I think he's going to be the best quarterback in fantasy next year. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't think I'm willing to spend a lot of draft capital on a quarterback because I think you can find uh, bargains at quarterback later in the um, later in the draft. But again, I got no issue with taking Patrick Mahomes at the end of the fourth round. I mean, at some point, you know, I, I, I got to take him. And I think that's my price point that I'm, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. He will likely be gone before that point um, in all my leagues. I, I don't imagine that he will still be available um, to me at that point. But um, if he is there, then I'm taking him there. Um, team number two, after taking um, Saquon Barkley and um, – after taking Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook and then Devonta Freeman, they're going to take um, Stefan Diggs. So Stefan Diggs – um, you know, he, he, um, you know, they've, this team is already kind of stacked up on running backs. And so, um, there's just only so many options at the wide receiver position, but Stefan Diggs is one of those players that he does have the ability to be a top 10 receiver. I think the big question with him, um, is health. And so, you know, but the thing is about Stefan Diggs, he does finish as a, um, as a top 10 receiver, um, in, in PPR scoring this year. Um, you know, he, and he, so he stays, um, you know, actually, actually plays all 16 games this year, excuse me. He plays all but, uh, one game this year. So, um, you know, he, he, for the most part, he did stay healthy this year. Um, you know, I think he probably did play through some injuries somewhere in there, I imagine. Um, but, um, you know, he, he, you know, it was a very encouraging season for Stefan Diggs. He, he did have a, um, you know, much better, um, year as far as availability goes. And, you know, that is of course very important for fantasy as well. So, um, you know, I think that getting Stefan Diggs here at the, at the end of the fourth round, um, I think that's a pretty good deal right there. I think, um, that's about where he needs to go though, just because of the, um, injury concerns that I have for him. Um, team one is going to come around and they are going to take, um, after, you know, after taking, um, Todd Gurley and Ju- uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and taking Amari Cooper. Um, they're going to come back and they're going to get, uh, get, get, get a running back since they already have, um, since they already have two wide receivers. Um, they're going to take Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones has been very, very efficient with his touches. So, um, you know, he really – you know, he, he averages a lot of yards after the, after, um, you know, on each carry, um, there was a stat last year, um, you know, in, in the 2017 season that I believe it had said was something like this. There was only one player that, that averaged more yards per carry than Aaron Jones. And that was Alvin Kamara. So that's pretty good company to keep right there. Um, so when this guy gets the work, He's very, very fantasy relevant, and he's very, a very, very good fantasy play. And so, I think that next year, I would imagine that Aaron Jones is going to be the guy that's going to be getting the majority of the work. I don't think it's going to be a Jamal Williams show. I think it's going to be pretty much all Aaron Jones, and um, that makes the most sense to me, especially with how things went with Mike McCarthy to end the season. Um, so, I, I would expect Aaron Jones 
um, to be, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be, I think people are going to be very, very pleased with taking with when they take Aaron Jones this season. Um, so team one's going to turn around and they're going to take Kenny Galladay. So, um, you know, they, uh, need a little, they need a flex and you know, they're not going to bother with taking a, um, taking, you know, a quarterback or a tight end. They're just going to take a quarterback or a tight end in the later rounds. I think Kenny Galladay, a very, very interesting play. Um, very, very interesting pickup rather. This is a guy, I think he, I don't think that this is likely, but I think it's within the realm of possibility. I think that Kenny Galladay, he could be a top eight wide receiver next year. Um, just based off of, you know, volume, um, not all based off of volume. I think he's actually a talented player, but I think it, it helps a lot that Golden Tate is gone. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Marvin Jones. I think Kenny Galladay could be a very, very, um, a good pick, especially in the fifth round. I think that's a steal in the fifth round. Um, so I'm very interested, um, very enticing, um, you know, having getting Kenny Galladay in round one. I'm very upset with myself for not holding on to Kenny Galladay in several of my leagues and in several of my keeper leagues at that. Uh, team two is going to come around and they are going to take Deshaun Watson. So they got a pretty good uh, team shaping up here. They got Saquon Barkley. Um, they took um, they took Dalvin Cook in the second round. They took Devonta Freeman in the third round. This is a very running back heavy team. Um, they take Stefan Diggs in round four and rather than taking another wide receiver, they're going to say, okay, we're going to take another wide receiver somewhere else in the draft. We'll figure it out later. And they're going to get an edge at the quarterback position. So I think Deshaun Watson, um, you know, he finishes as the QB four on the season. And, uh, you know, this ranking is, you know, with the, I make this rank with the hope that Watson gets all of his pass catchers back. So uh, the wide receiver core was really decimated for the Texans this year with, between, you know, with injuries to, you know, season ending injuries to Demarius Thomas, to, um, to Will Fuller. Um, Kiki Cutie was banged up pretty much all season. I, um, man, like I, I feel like this, this uh, offense could really, really take a step forward next season. Um, He's got the best receiver in the league, in my opinion, in DeAndre Hopkins. I really, really, really like Deshaun Watson next season. Um, I I have him as the as a as the QB QB two for next year. So that's how I'm ranking him this this upcoming season. Um, and I think that round five, I think that's somewhere you can get Deshaun Watson. I don't think it's crazy to think that you can't get Deshaun Watson in round five. I think even despite him. Um, you know, finishing the year as, you know, the QB four, I, I think, I don't think it was, um, I don't think he was like super loud with it either. I think it was kind of a quiet, um, he did it kind of quietly. I don't, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about how Deshaun Watson won them their league or anything like that. So I think Deshaun Watson, um, is somebody that you can definitely, you can, you can probably more than likely get him in the fifth round. Um, next player I have for you, um, uh, you know, Sony Michelle is going to be taken by team number three. Um, so Sony Michelle, you know, it's, it's a little discouraging, you know, just, um, I think Sony Michelle will be taken earlier in drafts. Um, if you know, he wasn't, um, you know, in this offense, just because we just never, you just never know what's going to happen with Bill Belichick and you just don't know what, you know, what his usage is going to be from week to week. Um, 
So I think I feel mostly comfortable with Sony Michelle in the um, in the fifth round. I, I, I um, you know, and, and I bit, put a big emphasis on think. You know, I um, I may have to drop Sony Michelle down just because you just never know what the Patriots are going to do. Um, you know, and Tom Brady is he's an aging quarterback. I think he's got to be on his way out. Um, he's got to be pretty close to being done. I think he probably takes another, he probably takes a step backwards, um, you know, next year. I, I, um, man, I I just don't think this offense is going to be as efficient as, as it has been in the past. I think they are approaching a, um, a decline here in the very, very near future. So I think there's going to be fewer scoring opportunities, um, for this team. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens, um, especially this off season. I wonder if they're going to make, they're going to make any moves, um, with anybody. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, team four is going to take Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm hopeful that Aaron Rodgers can get back on track next season with some new coaching personnel around him. Um, I say back on track as if he's had a bad season. He hasn't necessarily had a bad season. It's just, you know, um, you know, back on track. I feel like that's almost kind of a compliment to him that, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's so good that I feel like, you know, if he's not, you know, the number one, two, or three quarterback, uh, scoring quarterback on the season, then it's like, it's like a disappointment. You know, he, he finishes as the number six ranked, uh, number six, um, you know, he finishes as QB six on the season. Um, and we're talking about, I'm talking about how he, he didn't have a, a good year, but no, he, he does have a good year. Um, you know, he just, um, you know, I think that, you know, you know, I think he has the ability uh, to be a number one, uh, be the number one scoring quarterback next year. And so that's why he falls into the fifth round for me. Um, the next player, uh, here we go. We got team five. They take Chris Carson. Um, and, and really Chris Carson, I think he's a talented player, but more than anything, he's getting the volume. And so, um, you know, Chris Carson, he's in an offense that wants to run the ball. They want to run the ball a bunch and they want to play good defense. Uh, that's very, very encouraging um, for you know for you if you had Chris Carson this season, um, and if you maybe maybe if you have him in a dynasty league or a keeper league, you know I know Rashad Penny's right there on his heels, and so that might make you nervous. But you know I'm not really buying into the Rashad Penny hype. Um, I think he is you know a lot of his highlights in college. You know I watched him, and a lot of them are on kick returns and punt returns, and so you know. I don't know. Like it's just I find that I find that interesting because it doesn't seem like he's really a um, bell cow running back to me. I think he's a talented player or, or he's an athletic player at least. But I think Chris Carson. I think he more like more than likely. I think he's probably the guy in Seattle. I think um, you know, and Pete Carroll's you know is an interesting um, individual. I think he he really really likes to create that competition. He kind of brings that. Um, you know, to his team and, and um, whether you like it or not, I think that's, you know, that's what he does. And so I, I think it's, um, you know, I would even maybe argue taking Chris Carson earlier um, than the fifth round. But the truth is like, I just don't really trust. Um, I don't really trust Pete Carroll all that much. Um, you know, Chris Carson, he actually ends the, the year as a, uh, as a running back 15, um, you know, so he has, he has a good year. And that was despite missing a couple games, you know, from, from injury. Um, so I, um, 
but yeah, I just, I don't know if I trust Pete Carroll just because I think sometimes he, he does some weird things, you know, with, uh, with, you know, player usage. So, um, that's why Chris Carson falls to round five for me. Uh, Jarvis Landry, um, you know, I put him in here, um, taken by team number six. Um, you know, he's an excellent PPR, PPR play, you know, like he, you know, he's just a guy who, uh, you know, historically at least like he, you know, he gets enough targets to keep his, his floor very high. And that's why, you know, he's a talented player, you know, he's a number one option in Cleveland. So that's why he comes in for me in round five, Spencer Ware. um, he is in a high octane offense, um, but he's, 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 you know, I got him kind of low just because, um, you know, I want to see first what they do with Damian Williams during these playoffs. So, you know, this is a very anecdotal kind of take, but, you know, it, just from the eyeball test, it looked like Damian Williams was the better fit for this offense. You know, like he's a better pass catcher. Um, he can still run in between the tackles a little bit. You know, I think it would. I don't think it's crazy to think that Damian Williams could get some more usage and some more run in this offense. Um, you know, if you think about Kareem Hunt, who was recently kicked off the team, um, you know he, uh, you know he was a pass catching running back, and so, you know, I think that Damian Williams he profiles more as a pass catching running back. And I don't think Spencer Ware is really a pass catching running back. I think that Damian Williams is a better fit for this offense. And so I don't know if Andy Reid's going to agree with me on that. Um, but I think that um, I, I would not be surprised if that's what happens next year. Um, so I think that's why Spencer Ware is ranked so low for me because I think he's just a little, little risky. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think there's a whole lot of upside there. I, well, excuse me. There is upside there because it's the Chiefs. It's, it's the Chiefs' offense, but it's just a little too risky for me. I think there's some other players that I um, that I prefer, and I, I even the even this player that I'm going to mention um, right after him, I may actually have to put him a little bit higher in my rankings, uh, depending on uh, what his status is um, in his recovery. So um, team eight is going to take Jarek McKinnon. So Jarek McKinnon. Um, you know, people were hyping this guy up, you know, they paid him some money in San Francisco. Um, unfortunately he tears his ACL and he's out for the season. Um, you know, I, uh, man, I, uh, I would love to see, I would have loved to have seen what would have happened if Jared McKinnon was in this offense this season. Um, Kyle Shanahan, you know, with a pass catching running back, um, you know, I know they had a tough season because of all the injuries, but, you know, I think, you know, if these injuries hadn't happened, I, I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, just how good of a season Jarek McKinnon could have had. So I'm interested to see what happens next year. You know, just from a upside standpoint, I got Jarek McKinnon uh, going, you know, and going at the end of the fifth round. Uh, team number nine. Team number nine is, um, you know, they uh, took two two wide receivers in the first two rounds, two wide receiver or two running backs in the next two rounds. And they're going to cap it off with a wide receiver. They're going to take Cooper cup. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, and this is all kind of, it's all depends on his recovery and whatnot, but you know, if Cooper cup, I think if Cooper cup is healthy in uh, in a week, you know, projected to be healthy in week one and playing, then I think he is worthy of a, um, of a pick in the, at the end of the fifth round. So um, Cooper cup, um, he's in a high octane offense. He's done, uh, you know, he's, he's been an impressive player. Like he, 
Um, it, we the, the Rams have shown that they can have three viable wide receivers in fantasy. And so um, I think that Cooper Cup is a very interesting um, interesting selection at, uh, at the end of round five. And this last pick is really just kind of almost like a, like, you know, respect pick. Just, you know, he, you know, when healthy and when on the field, you know, this is a very, very productive player. <laughs> we have not really, um, this is hard to say, you know, it's hard to say all this stuff because it's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to let all the recency bias play into this, but the last pick of this five round draft um, team 10 um, is going to take Rob Gronkowski. So, you know, I feel bad about even putting him this low, but I, I almost feel like this is where we're at with Rob Gronkowski. I feel like he is kind of like a Jordan Reed. So both very, very talented players, but very, very, you know, they, they've both really struggled with injuries. And so, um, I, I don't know. I, I want to, man, I'm curious what happens with Rob Gronkowski here. Like I, I've heard some things that, you know, that, that they've rumored that, that, uh, there've been rumors that they're, they're want, they wanted to trade Rob Gronkowski. And so I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know what that would look like if he was somewhere else. I don't even know where that would be. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a, there's a team out there that's looking for a good tight end, but you know, I don't know if they're looking for a tight end that's 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 you know would, that has the injury history that Rob Gronkowski does. But man, this is a this is a interesting situation with Rob Gronkowski. Like I did not expect this from him this season. I thought, um, to be honest with you, I kind of thought he put these days behind him, his injury prone days. So hopefully he can come back. This next season, have a good back, bounce back season. Who knows? Maybe we'll be the uh, bounce back player of the year. All right, guys, that does it for this episode. Those are my, um, that is my way too early 2019 mock draft. Um, I appreciate you guys listening in. Um, make sure you guys come back. I will be producing some more content. Um, you know, as silly as it sounds, there is a bachelor fantasy league that is starting up very soon. Um, and it's extremely shallow, extremely, um, interesting, especially at this point in the, um, in the process, because, um, you know, you just, you're basically just, just picking contestants that you think are going to continue to stay there. Um, but we, I I will be joined very soon by my wife and by, um, a good friend of ours. Um, we are going to talk bachelor, talk about, um, you know, just, uh, you know, just, uh, we're gonna talk about, you know, different, um, you know, what, what we, what our strategies were on picking contestants and stuff. And, um, also we, uh, also plan on having a guest star, my brother, who is a first time fantasy football player. Um, he's going to kind of come in and give his take on what his experience was his first year playing fantasy football. Um, he's a smart guy. He's a lawyer, much smarter than I am. Um, but I'm interested to see what his take is on his first season of fantasy football. Very interested to talk to him. You guys can expect that content in the very, very near future. In the meantime, hope you guys have an excellent week. And I hope you guys have had an excellent new year so far. I will catch you guys next time. Thanks again, guys. See you guys next time. What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, 
all for your fantasy team. Fantasy Football This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy 